A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey. And this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. We open the book of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 1. Mark doesn't begin as we might begin, once upon a time, but the very opposite of once upon a time. This story is about a particular people in a particular place at a particular time. Mark begins abruptly, the beginning. God is doing something new. Mark is the first written gospel, and the first to use the word good news, which gives us the word gospel. Mark is training us to look for good news, even when the news doesn't sound good at all. The reader is told something else. Jesus is the Son of God. So, look for the footprints of God all through this story. Mark takes us back to another beginning in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1, the opening lines of the first book of the Bible. In the beginning, God. Even before the beginning, God is. Even though sometimes it seems to us that God is absent, especially in the difficult moments of our lives. In the darkness and emptiness, we struggle to see God. But in the beginning, in the formless void, God spoke. So we are not surprised to find that God sends a messenger in the wilderness. Mark says he is quoting the prophet Isaiah, but he actually quotes from the book of Exodus. See, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you. John the Baptist is introduced a few verses later, so we naturally assume that Mark means that John the Baptist is the messenger that God is sending. But Mark has only mentioned Jesus. So perhaps it is Jesus, not John, who is the messenger of God. Jesus, as we remember, went into the wilderness where he was tempted. It was in the wilderness that Jesus learned how to live as the beloved Son of God. 
Pope Francis wrote a book called Let Us Dream during the height of the COVID pandemic. In the book, Francis reflects on other times in his life when circumstances forced him to stop and reflect on where his life was going. Between 1990 and 1992, then Father Bergoglio was banished by his superiors to Cordoba. During that time, he decided to read all 37 volumes of Ludwig Pastor's History of the Popes. I could have read a novel or something more interesting, Francis muses, but from where I am now, I can't help wondering why God inspired me to read them. Once you know that papal history, there's not much that goes on in the Vatican Curia and the Church today that can shock you. It's been a lot of use to me. The children of Israel had to pass through the wilderness. After God brought them out of Egypt, it was Joshua who led the children of Israel through the waters of the Jordan into the land of milk and honey. Mark is announcing that in this Joshua, Jesus, who is coming among us, God is delivering us once again. Now Mark introduces John the baptizer, who appeared in the wilderness John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. The camel's hair and leather belt are the clothes of Eliah the prophet. But why does John eat locusts and wild honey? In the ancient world, a plague of locusts was a sign of utter and complete destruction. Locusts would travel in swarms of millions, and when they would come to an area, they would consume every plant. No green thing was left. No seed was uneaten. Locusts mean destruction. Honey, of course, is the sign of plenty, of abundance, as in the land of milk and honey. Honey was a strong symbol of the bountiful nature of God's blessings. Locusts and honey represent the two sides of life. What John is telling us is that in each of our lives there are good times and bad, sickness and health. The food of John the Baptist describes the lives that we live. It's easy to believe that God is coming to us in the honey when life is good, when we know that we are loved, when we've accomplished something and it has made a difference when we find common ground and reconciliation, when life is full and abundant. But dare we believe that God also comes to us in our pain? Can God be with us in incompleteness, illness, death, senseless hurt, broken dreams, cold, hungry, lonely days of bitterness? The one whom John announces, the one whose coming we await, is called Emmanuel, a name which means God is with us. In taking on flesh and living among us, Christ is revealing the footprints of God in every corner of our experience, no matter how painful. In the words of Avery Dulles, the Incarnation does not provide us with a ladder by which to escape from the ambiguities of life and scale the heights of heaven. Rather, It enables us to burrow deep into the heart of planet Earth and find it shimmering with divinity.
At the Second Vatican Council, the bishops wrote a pastoral constitution on the church in the modern world. I love the opening line, the joys and hopes, the grief and anguish of the people of our time, especially of those who are poor or afflicted, are the joys and hopes, the grief and anguish of the followers of Christ as well. God continues to take human flesh and still dwells among us. The body of Christ extends beyond Jesus' historical body to include the Eucharist and the whole of humanity. Mark's Gospel is just the beginning. After we have heard it, the Gospel continues in us. We won't need pen and ink. We write the Gospel with our lives. In welcoming Christ among us, every home becomes a church, every child becomes the Christ child, all food and drink become a sacrament, and God's many faces are now everywhere.